Last Sunday, I mentioned that we were kind of beginning a, uh, really this month of a time of being refreshed, of just kind of stepping out of what would normally be, grabbing a book of the Bible, working it through. We're going to pick that up here in February. We're going to do that again. But right now, we just kind of need a month to get refreshed. Uh, I may mention that uh, 2020 was quite a topsy-turvy year. And uh, the Cleveland Clinic says that if you feel seasick, you need to do three things. Uh, First, you need to go to the top deck if you're on a cruise, and then you need to look out at the horizon and and just grab a hold of uh, something stable, and then you need to drink plenty of water. And I related that, that's really what this month is about for us, kind of some seasick people after this last year. And uh, we're going to the top deck, we're, we're grabbing the living uh, word of God in our hands to drink up, and, and uh, we're looking at the horizon. Last Sunday, we talked about uh, refreshing the gospel story. Uh, I was kind of looking at the horizon of the whole of it. I, I took it outside of just the cross and the resurrection and really the entire big story of the gospel all the way back from beginning in Genesis 1 to the end in Revelation uh, 21 and 22 and, and take a look at the whole thing of that and, and be refreshed and that reminded who God is and what God has done. Uh, Today, we're going to be refreshed in the God at work story. Next Sunday, just so you know, we're going to be about refreshed in the who we are and what we do. Uh, But today, we're going to be refreshed in the God at work story, and we're going to savor that. And we're just going to spend some time here initially uh, in 15 passages of Scripture. Yes, I said 15. And uh, if you would, would you open your Bibles uh, to Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy 6, refreshed in the uh, the God at work story. Uh, To remember, it means to recall, to recall to mind. It's that simple. Uh, But we're going to read here and we're going to see in God's word how it's not just as it happens to come to mind, but there's this sense, this idea, I'm kind of giving you the end of the story at the very beginning of it, there's a a sense of this idea that God wants us to be a people who regularly, who continually, who purposefully, who with intention and with purposed thought remember who God is, what God has said, and what God has done. And I want to begin our time by just hearing from God as he talks about that. So Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, fifth book of the Old Testament. And uh, we're going to kind of start uh, reading from there. So let's first be refreshed. We're going to spend some time with this and let God's word just, let's just drink it in, take it in. And then we're actually going to do some remembering uh, in that. And uh, so join with me. Deuteronomy 6. Let me start by reading uh, verses 4 through 12. Uh, This is the longest of the texts that we have, verses 4 through 12. Um, Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, is the call of the Scriptures. And these words that I command you today, they shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them. Like when? Well, when you sit at home and when you walk by the way and talk of them when you lie down and talk of them when you rise. 
You shall bind them on a sign, as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, verse 10. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give you, with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat in full, in other words, and when you are prosperous, here what God says, verse 12, then take care lest you forget the Lord. By the way, in prosperity, we tend to forget the Lord. Then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Uh, look over to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Deuteronomy 8, verses 1 and 2. Verse 1, the whole commandment that I command to you today, you shall be careful to do. That you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way of the Lord your God who has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. That he might humble you, testing you to know what it was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And it's one thing to, to be called to remember the Lord God when things are good. It's something interesting to be called, hey, don't forget when times were rough. In the no, I'd soon forget those years in the desert, like those were sand in my face years. Uh, no, don't forget those. Uh, look at Deuteronomy 9, verse 7. And don't forget these kind of times. Remember and do not forget how you provoked the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness from the day you came out of the land of Egypt until you came into this place. You have been rebellious against the Lord. Don't forget that. Again, isn't it like, no, no, seriously, I would soon forget the times of my life, whether it was in this last week or in this last year or in times of my life when I've been rebellious with the Lord, I would just soon to forget that. And here scripture is saying, no, don't forget that. Actually, remember your rebelliousness. Remember who you are. And by the way, remember what life was like then. It's important. Remember when God is filling with blessing. Remember when God is bringing hard times. Oh, and even remember when you've messed up with the Lord. And Deuteronomy 15, turn there. Verse 15. Chapter 15, verse 15, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and that the Lord your God redeemed you. Yeah, remember that. Remember how God pulled you out of that time, did an exodus work in you. It's interesting because judges, uh, the whole theme of judges is they did what was right in their own eyes. This is some time after Deuteronomy here in, in Judges 8, 34. It says, and the people of Israel did not remember the Lord their God who had delivered them from the hand of their enemies on every side. 
A note here, one of the reasons judges is all about God's people doing what was right in their own eyes, part of that reason that they got there was because they forgot what the Lord had done. In their prosperity, they forgot. We'll turn to Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32, the last one in Deuteronomy. I'm sure you've spent tons of time in Deuteronomy this week, fully familiar with the book. Moses here is speaking these words. His text says his song. It's not songs like we know of today, but he's singing, he's telling it in song. He's telling it to the entire uh, uh, assembly of Israel. Verse one, give ears, give ear, O heavens, and I will speak and let the earth hear the words of my mouth. May my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew, like gentle rain upon the tender grass and like showers upon the herb. For I will proclaim the name of the Lord, Moses is saying, ascribe greatness to our God. By the way, notice this. He is ascribing, recalling to mind who God is here. Verse 4, the rock, his work is perfect. For all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. And then verse 7, remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. By the way, not just your own life, but many generations. Ask your father and he will show you. Your elders and they will tell you. I'll actually have a little bit of that here in a while. Turn to Psalm 77, a few passages in the Psalms. Uh, Psalm 77 of probably of all these passages, this one in Psalm 77, verse 11, is maybe my favorite. This is like the banner verse for today. Psalm 77, 11. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Love that. I, I remember, I will remember, I will ponder, I will meditate on, I will recall to mind. Go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the entire Bible. A few verses out of Psalm 119, starting with verse 61. I love hearing those pages turn and those digital Bibles with the page turn noise. Turn it on. Turn it loud. Verse 61. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. Verse 141. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Look at verse 153. Look on my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. Look at uh, verse 176, Psalm 119, 176. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. <laughs> Seek your servant, Lord, for I do not forget your commandments. What an interesting array of passages. What an interesting array of settings, of tellings, of times in life. 
places in life, even emotions of life, and there's this constant call for, I will remember, I will not forget who you are, what you have done, what has even taken place in my life. Go to Psalm 143. Psalm 143, verses 5 through 6. This is much like Psalm 77, 11. Psalm 143, verses 5 through 6. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the works of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. By the way, I love that last statement there. That's what happens when we remember who the Lord is. When we remember who God is, there's a tendency for us just to want to lean in and stretch out and grab a hold and thirst for. Four more passages. Uh, Turn to Isaiah 46. Isaiah, just a little ways past Psalm. Isaiah 46, verses 8 and 9. Say this, eight and nine. Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. By the way, that was a bit of last Sunday. Going from the beginning to the end and then the gospel story in the middle. Recall it to mind. Matthew 16, turn there. Matthew 16, verse 9. Three final passages in the New Testament. Matthew 16, verse 9. You can even see probably in your Bible, this is a little after the feeding of the 5,000 as well as after the feeding of the 4,000. The 4,000 doesn't get quite as much tension, I guess, because that mean because there was a thousand more in the one prior but this is after uh, and Jesus is going to refer to the feeding of the 5,000 look at verse 9 kind of a situation is hand and Jesus says to the disciples do you not yet perceive you kind of get the idea like guys you're not connecting the dots are you Do you not yet perceive, do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered Hey, friends, remembering is not just one of those sweet moments of remembering. Remembering helps connect the dots of who God is and what God is doing. And here he's talking to the disciples, and this is only like a, a chapter or two before. This, I don't know if it was a week, I don't know if it was a month, I'm not sure on the exact timing of that, but it definitely was not years ago. And, and with what's happening at hand, Jesus is like, like, you can just kind of feel his heart like, ay, 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 ay. Hey guys, have you forgotten just what happened a little while ago? Like the whole feeding the 5,000 blow your living minds out of the water thing? You know, the whole thing where we had that little kid with a few little chicken McNuggets and fries and we passed them all around and then you got buckets full after that? Have you forgotten that, you guys? No, no, don't be that kind of people, you guys. Remember what God has done. And when we remember what God has done, not only in our lives in the past, but even in the generations before what God has done, the things we have right at hand get altered in how we enter into them. 
Remembering is not just something we do, us older gray-haired people do. Remembering is something we're all to do. Last two, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. Ephesians 2, verse 12. Remember, it begins with. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, man, marvelous passage. Uh, verse 1, and, and you were and you were dead in your sins upon sins. Then verse 4, but God, rich in mercy. And then 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works. And then we come to verse 12, and remember that you were at that time separate from Christ. No, I don't want to remember that. No, remember that. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated, strangers, having no hope, and without God. I don't want to remember that. No, remember that. Remember what life was like slavery in Egypt. And remember God's redeeming Exodus work out. And then the final verse, turn to Revelation 2. Revelation 2. Verse 5 speaking to the church in Ephesus that was not in a great place. It says this to the church in Ephesus, remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Remember, remember. We are to remember God, we're to ponder him, we're we're to meditate on him, we're to review him, we're to recall to mind who God is, what God has said, what God has done. Hey, Radiant, we are to be a recalling to mind who God is, what God has said, and what God has done people. In our homes, in our cars, at school, at work, at the mall, if anyone goes there anymore, online, at church, everything. We are to be a remembering people. We are to be a remembering people when times are filled with God's faithful blessing in our life. We're to remember who God is. We're to be a remembering people in times when we are in our own failures of life, of going astray. We are to remember who God is. We are to remember who God is when we are at times of sovereignly allowed testings of our faith, James chapter 1, who, where God is seeking to mature us through it. We just want to get out of it, but God is seeking something bigger, something better, something deeper, something more eternal uh, through those times. We are to remember who God is when we are young and when we are old. We are to remember who God is, what God has said, and what God has done when we are alone and when we gather together. We are to remember who God is, whether we're single or married or divorced or with children or not with children or or old or healthy or sick. One of the attributes of who God's people are to be is to be a remembering who God is people. By the way, God remembers. 
He's omniscient. We read in Genesis 9.15, he says to Noah, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you. Thank God for that. God, thank you that you remember even what you put into place. Psalm 103.14, it says, for God remembers. But it's really fascinating because I'm thankful for Hebrews 10.17 that says, God will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. No, this, this isn't, that isn't that God forgets. That is in the whole movement of it. God sets aside. God covers through the work of Christ. Thank God for that. Because at any moment, any time, God could bring every piece of junk up about your and my life and totally convict us to eternal damnation. And yet for the person that is in Christ, we have an advocate. One who says, wait, 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 wait. Covered. That one's covered. Thank God for that. David remembered. We're here a little later this year. Uh, in, in David's life, uh, Psalm, uh, 1 Samuel uh, 17, David, before slaying Goliath, remembers God's work in his life in killing the bear and the lion. He pulls that up there. David remembered. Job remembered, although he had a little help from God in that one. Job, uh, gird your loins up like a man, sit down because you forgot who I am, and I'm going to help you remember. And by God's grace, chapters 38 to 42, God helps him remember. The whole chapters in there are God repeating who he is. Job, don't forget. Job, don't forget. Not explaining the scenario, not giving him all the details that he wanted to know, not telling exactly why this whole tragedy happened in this heavenly sovereign thing that's taking place. But yet in it, God is reminding him who he is. Paul remembered who God was, Philippians 3. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Paul remembered who he was and what God had done. By the way, the rainbow is a call to remember. When a rainbow shoots up, do you remember from the scriptures what God has done? Do you talk about it in your car and revel in it? Tassels on the garments of Numbers 15. They were there, God how wanted the uh, Israelites to put them there so that they would be remembering things for them. Now, the Lord's Supper is a call to remember. We had communion last Sunday. Luke twenty two nineteen. 19, Jesus took the bread when he had given thanks. He broke it, gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in what? Yeah. God wants us to be a remembering people. That's the call. So where do we go from here? Well, three things. Three uh, action steps. Because it'd be really easy to go, yeah, booyah! I just think we need to do it. How do you do that with three services and a bunch of people and people online? Um, three ways. Number one, I wanna give you an assignment. Out of this to be a doing and not a hearing only people, I want to give you, all of you, the assignment of this week, 20 minutes, to set aside some time to remember who God is, what God has said, and what God has done. Just a remembering time, a reflecting time. Might you do that? TV off, 
radio off, phone apps off, maybe going back and pulling out these passages that we've just gone through and reflecting back on them. If you didn't write them down, go back online, go back, you've got them all up here. I mean, you just review them through and recall to mind, recall to mind what God has done in your life where you're at. Maybe you're even in a place where you're seeking and searching for God and not quite even sure what it's about. Recall to mind where, what's taken place in your life and pull it uh, up to reality. But don't just remind, uh, be myopic only about yourself. Remember what God has done on the whole as well. Because oftentimes we take God and we make God all about me. And know this, friend, God is all about more than me or you. God is at work over history of time, over all people, and God is doing a work. And remember that. Might you just take 20 minutes this week to sit down, some quiet moment, and trust me, you have the time. I've learned that this last year my own life. You have the time. It's making the time. Second thing I want to do is kind of an exercise together is not only remembering uh, for you in your life, but I think it's even appropriate as I'm reading through this text, it's like, hey, God was calling the Israelites to remember what God had done among them. And so these really, these last two, I just want to reflect on what God has done here. And that has one to do with this church, just the reality of this church. It doesn't mean that this is patting ourselves back, that we think that we're the greatest church in the world, because trust me, we don't. Uh, but it's more this idea of what's happened here, and let's just reflect for a moment. Maybe you're newer, maybe you've been around for a long time, but let me go back to 2007. 2007, there was a couple, Larry and Denise Woods, on the west side of Indianapolis that were interested in uh, seeking to find a, a church that was vibrant, committed to the scriptures, and, and lifting high the name of Jesus. And, and they had attended, uh, gone and visited a church up in Chicago, and they're like, this! And they're like, we want that! Can that be happening on the west side? And, and that church was planting churches. And so they uh, connected up uh, with them, and, and then they started talking with a few others. Hey, my might, might we pray together and consider uh, what's going on and maybe God could have a church like that here. And remember you guys there and others, I'm looking around and just how many have been since those early, early days. And we were just like, hey, we're just a bunch of normal, regular people trying to figure things out. We, we, we just, I wonder if anyone else will come and want to join us. And uh, March of 2008, in the Regal Theater, uh, we had our first Sunday there, and actually some people besides ourselves showed up, which we thought was kind of cool and maybe a bit of a surprise. And over some time, God just continued to work amongst us, and I'm not even talking numerically by any means. I'm just talking God at work in our lives. Went to two services in the theater, and then it was 2012 that God allowed us to buy a piece of property stuck behind a way there was no access bridge anywhere and we got some property and then in uh, 2014 began to build a building. Who would have thought? And then uh, February of uh, 2016, I believe, um, it was that we, uh, we had our first Sunday in this, in this building. It was Pastor Nick and I had joined on the team at that time Actually, it was 2014 was our first Sunday here, and uh, 
sweet times. It's been mind-blowing. Never in, my, never in my life would I have thought that we'd be a church of three services. That's never been my desire. I just want to have a handful of people around that the, I could just disciple along in the Lord. But God's been good. And it brings back sweet memories. By the way, I, I trust that what we just did there pulls you out of the heavy of life that's been going on and reminds us that God is to this day at work among people. Don't forget. Don't forget. And then I need to uh, uh, just make mention of the last thing, uh, God at work in building this people. So pastors, if, if you would come. Um, I, ta- I just thought many ways, how, how could we do this? And thought maybe have an open mic and maybe have this or that. But um, I just thought, you know what, in building this people, I just thought it might be fitting and appropriate and helpful for you to even hear how God's been at work in, uh, in the eldering pastors here at this church. And uh, just hear from them how God has been doing a work kind of when they first uh, began uh, attending here and brought on staff here and then uh, just something about that that the Lord's done. And so, uh, Nick, if you would go ahead and grab that and take that ball and uh, just lead us in what God's done in your life. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I am Pastor Nick, my wife, uh, Jill, and I came um, onto the launch team in 2007, uh, November of 2007, and actually came on staff at the same time uh, as well. And um, I remember at the time, uh, the average stay for a pastor at a church, uh, for a worship pastor at a church, was about two to three years. And up until that time in my life, I had seen that starting to play itself out even in my own uh, life and career as a worship pastor, and it concerned me. And I remember praying in those early days, Lord, would you please guide me to a place where I could spend some time, spend some life in, in this place. And now, 13 years later, I see... Um, uh, I see God answering, uh, God having answered those prayers, and uh, um, and uh, uh, and I'm grateful to the Lord what He continues to teach me uh, as time and relationships uh, continue to sanctify uh, equal sanctification in my own life. When you do life with uh, one group of people for a significant period of time it exposes you. It exposes your idiosyncrasies, your fears, your weirdnesses, your struggles, and even your sins. And you can either hide and run from those things or you can blow up your relationships and the place that you're a part of or you can lean into those things and allow the Lord to use them uh, to uh, sanctify your life. And I have seen over and over and over in 13 years the Lord using ministry and relationships and deep relationships to do a significant sanctifying work in my life. Just ask any worship team member who's been around here for any period of time.
There's even a running joke uh, that goes on amongst our team about Nick 1.0 and Nick 2.0. And uh, sometimes Nick 1.0 reels its ugly head in the midst of 2.0, and they, they use that to remind me of how the Lord has uh, used and worked in this time. And so I remember and I praise God for the sanctifying work he continues to do in my life as it's continually exposed through time and depth of relationship here at Radiant. My name is Pastor Eric, and my wife and I, we first started attending back in 2008. The church was launched in March. We started attending around July and then came on staff in September and over these last 12 and a half years, I've just seen God working in, in my life and in this church family in the way that our God is a God who heals. I remember the first Sunday that I came to the movie theater at Regal, and there's all these blue shirts walking around. I just wanted to slip in, I wanted to hide. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was hurting. I was mad. I was confused, felt lost. And God did this healing work in me. I remember sitting up in the middle section um, right behind the, the sound booth, which is just a folding table, and the worship was just passionate. The teaching just made the Bible come alive, and just over weeks, just the people were real, and I knew this was home. And for these last 12 and a half years, I've seen this same reality play out in so many families here coming here on Sundays, wanting to slip in, slip out, people who are hurting and broken. But our God heals. It's his, his presence is like this, this warm glow. He doesn't come down on us. He, he just, he draws us in. He comes alongside of us. Our God restores, he renews. Our God's a God who does a work of healing. I'm Cody, and uh, my wife and I started coming here in 2011, and I came on staff in 2012. And as I look back on these last nine years of being a pastor in this church, uh, God has taught me the beauty of serving him with a team. Uh, I look back and remember when our student ministry leadership team was two people, and uh, now it's about 30 individuals, and some of them uh, have been serving for the last nine years some have taken sixth grade students all the way through 12th grade, and then they've come back for a victory lap to do another group of sixth graders all the way through. Uh, at this point, we've had students who have graduated, gone off, and come back and rejoined the leadership team and are now pouring into other students. And as I just look back and see these people faithfully committed to spending themselves for the glory of God and for the good of our students, uh, it has shown me what a joy it can be to do ministry over the long haul with a group of people. The encouragement that's there, the teaching that's there, the challenging that's there, the spurring one another on, the coming to one another for wisdom and for help in particular situations, and really just the faithfulness and care of God's people has been a blessing. Well, I'm Nate. Uh, God brought our family here in 2010 and graciously allowed me to come on staff in 2013. And uh, something that he's been teaching me even here recently is his pace. Um, specifically that often I find that my pace is not his. And he's, he's helping me to see that uh, he works 
all things together for his glory and for our good. And he does that in his sovereign timing and according to his perfect wisdom. And grasping that, or at least beginning to grasp that, is so freeing, right? I don't have to try so hard to be everywhere and to know everything and to do it all. I can live life by faith, trusting him in this unanxious presence, right? Present to him, God with us, present to how he's at work, present to the people that he's placed me with and present among those that he's called me to serve. And uh, I am learning and I am grateful, so grateful. Well, I'm Pastor Chris and uh, my family and I uh, have been attending Radiant since about 2011. Uh, and then in 2015, I had the privilege of uh, leaving a career in the aerospace industry and coming on staff here as a pastor. Uh, and since that time, uh, in the nearly six years, as I reflect on the Lord and um, just what he's been doing in my life, one of the ways that he's been uh, at work in, in me is helping me overcome a fear of man struggle. Um, I tend to trust God less and uh, put more of my trust into you or to others, and that's not a good thing. Uh, the Apostle Paul said in, in Galatians chapter 1 that if he was still trying to please man, then he would not be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I so resonate with that. Uh, and so the Lord's using ministry uh, to help me to trust him more and maybe care just a little bit less of what others uh, think of me. Uh, a, a verse that's been really precious to me and I commend to you as well is Proverbs 29, 25. And it says, the fear of man is a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Well, I'm Robbie. I'm, uh, I started attending in 2008 here at Radiant, my senior year of high school, and came on staff as a pastor in 2015. Um, as I began to reflect on how God has been at work in my life over these last uh, nearly six years as well, um, it's become apparent to me over and over again of the growing delight and joy that I've had uh, in, in God's word and uh, with God's people as well. Um, I, I used to, when I would read the Bible, I used to see it as almost a means to an end, but God has grown within me a, a love for each word that I, I get to read here in his Bible um, and, uh, and delight because as I sit with uh, his word, I get to be in his presence and enjoy him. And uh, the same is true for as my delight has grown for um, this Bible, this book, uh, it's also grown a passion for me for God's people as well. When God's people are gathered around this book, amazing things happen. And I've seen that personally in your lives. I've, I've seen that in my life uh, of people I get to serve alongside and the chance to even serve alongside these brothers. The joy of being able to be centered uh, on this book is uh, glorious. So I'm grateful for God's uh, ever eternal truths and his redeemed people. Well, I'm Pastor Rick and my wife Tina and I have been attending Radiant since the second Sunday. Uh, back in 2008, and I then came on staff in 2016, and 
Pastor Doug, I kind of feel like we're bookends here. Um, but as I reflect upon how God has been working in my life, God has been giving me the opportunity to grow in topics that are spoke about in James 1.19. When it talks about just listening and speaking, he has shown me the importance of active listening by being intentional and sincere how I listen. Coming from corporate America, everything is very black and white. But when I came on staff, God began to work in me, that showing me the difference between truth and grace. He's been showing me the importance not only of listening, but he's also in those moments teach me to put aside those activities that are occupying my mind. In the moment where someone comes and just needs someone to listen, and caring enough to listen for understanding. And then using what he's taught me in his word to speak with love and sensitivity and clarity. And sometimes this might mean that my words and my thoughts may not need to be voiced, but allowing the silence of the moment to bring God's peace and rest. The Lord continues to demonstrate to me that the phrases quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow, slow anger have a divine design for the order in which they're written in his word. He taught me and is teaching me that the questions like, how are you doing, or how is your week, are not just casual conversations. But they're opportunities for God to encourage us all as we remember all he's done for us. Amen. Thanks, guys. Um, I just hope that... Uh, serves as a means of just telling what God's done at this place through people's lives and multiply that in yours and in ours, on and on and on. I can just tell you, I think all of us would really say that, uh, you know, this is really the first time we've pastored in the kind of ways we're doing this. And uh, we're figuring this out. There's some things that by God's grace we're doing well. There's things that by God's grace we're not doing well. And, uh, but you know what? It's a journey, right? And we're all growing in this together. And we need to remember that. We need to remember what God has been doing, not only in our life, but in others and each other's life as well. Well, might you be refreshed today as we've had some time to just remember what God's done here at this church, what God has done through these people. And I commend you this week, take 20 minutes, shut everything down, get alone. Couples help each other. One take the kids, the other get alone. And just have some time to remember what God has done. It matters. So Lord, I pray for that. I pray that we would be a remembering people, a people who purposely do so. A people who have you in the front of our heads, in the frontlets between our eyes. That we would, when we wake, when we sit, when we lay down, when we walk, when we're in the car, when we're at work, when we're at school, that we would be a people that is continually remembering who you are, what you have said, and what you do. God, uh, we will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, we will remember your wonders of old. Uh, we will ponder all your work, and we will meditate on your mighty deeds.
because you are God. In Christ's name we pray, amen.